Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello. My name is Elder Price, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. Loathing. Unadulterated loathing. For your face, your voice, your clothing. Stop. Let's just say, <laughs> I love it all. Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Hello. And there's a million things I haven't done. But just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Next Best Theater. I'm your host, Michael Schwartz, and I am so excited to begin this new endeavor. Next Best Theater is an addition to the Next Best Picture family, but rather than focus on film, we're going to discuss all things Broadway. Joining me today, I have Nicole Ackman. Hey, guys. And Dan Bayer. Hello, all. So before we move on with our first episode, which will be making predictions for the 71st Tony Awards, I want to give Nicole and Dan a chance to introduce themselves. I'm a casual theater goer, but Nicole and Dan both really know their stuff. They'll be the quote-unquote experts here during the podcast and Tony season, so they'll be of great service to knowing what shows are great, what performances are going to be worthy. So Nicole, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your theater background. Yeah, I'm a senior at Elon University. I've been interested in theater from a very young age, I'm hoping to move to New York and work in theater publicity after graduation. I spent this past summer in New York, saw 24 Broadway shows, um, and have been back a couple of times to see some of the nominees for this year. Great. Well, it sounds like uh, you really know what you're talking about with the Tonys and all these great Broadway shows, so we're very glad to have you on board. Thanks. And Dan? Yeah, so I got my start actually when I was a kid, when I was about nine or ten years old, I started taking tap dancing lessons, and from there I never looked back. I started performing in uh, community theater and then regional theater, Um, went to college at Emory University in Atlanta and got my degree in theater studies, came back up here to my home in Connecticut, where I had a job as a musical director and choreographer for a children's musical theater company. And after that, started working in fundraising for an off-Broadway theater company. And I've been going to theater and seeing things on Broadway for all my life. (laughs) So you're right in the middle of all the action, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And I'm currently living in New York, so I literally am in the middle of all the action. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I know we were talking before we started. You said you've seen many of the shows this season, correct? Yes, there are um, some of the most recent ones that opened I haven't seen, but a lot of the others I have. Well, that's great. I am very jealous of you. <laughs> I live right outside of Philadelphia. So for me, I get to go up to New York maybe three to five times a year and see what's there, like, just like as a day trip. Mm. But uh, there's no way I could ever catch up with all these shows. There's so, a lot, uh, and this has been a very busy season. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We have 13 new musicals, which is kind of unprecedented. Yeah, it's insane. Well, that's great to see, because last year we had Hamilton obviously take over <laughs> with everything. <laughs> but even aside from that, there were a lot of good shows there. It's not like they all ran away from this giant monster musical. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I uh, always love to see some action on Broadway. Even if they're all revivals, there's... a. Uh, some good uh, original material hidden there, too, that we hope the Tonys will highlight. Oh, yeah. So, uh, very good. As I mentioned before, today we're going to be focusing on predicting the Tony nominations. We're recording this on Saturday, April 29th, and the nominations come out this coming Tuesday, May 2nd. And at this point, all the eligible shows have been seen, and we have a pretty good idea of what the reception is. We'll be sticking to just the major categories, which include performances and the shows themselves. So... Maybe later on, as we do our predictions for the show and the winners, we'll talk about 
those uh, below-the-line categories, but for now we'll just keep it to the bigger ones. Uh, I guess the easiest way to do this without going on forever would just be to read down the most likeliest predictions and see where we agree and disagree. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good to everyone? That works Sounds for me. Great. Okay, so uh, what we have with Tony's is divided into plays and musicals. And I'm going to go off of just what I'm hearing from pundits, uh, people on the internet. Gold Derby is always a great place to rely on for mm-hmm. uh, predictions. And I think our first category today is going to be Best lead actor in a play. So it looks like the consensus predicted nominees will be Kevin Klein in Present Laughter, Jefferson Mays in Oslo, Dennis Arndt in Heisenberg, Simon McBurney in The Encounter, and Mark Ruffalo in The Price. What do we all think? I think that is an outstanding group of people. I personally would like to um, replace Mark Ruffalo. I don't think he was all that great in The Price. Um, I was... Well, of course, that could be because he's Mark Ruffalo and I was expecting more. But the person that I would really like to see in that category more than any of the others is Gideon Glick, who was the lead in Significant Other, which unfortunately recently closed. Um... So that would probably be a bit of a hindrance but to him winning, but I, most people will have seen the play before nominations. So I feel I would love to see him. He is the heart of that show. It's not um, a very traditional Broadway show in that it skews very young, and it's about a 20, 30-something um, gay man in New York who is struggling well with being single while all of his straight friends find their partners and start living their adult lives. And he is absolutely, he's equal parts hysterical and heartbreaking. And I thought he was just amazing in it. And I really want to see him join that group. (laughs) You know what? I was very close to adding him to this five. He is the one person that I also had added in. Oh, you have him still in your lineup, Nicole? That's, yeah, also had him in my lineup as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a little hesitant because he did get great reviews. The show was a mixed bag, apparently, but people seemed to really love him. But you never know how Tonys are going to go with these big stars like Mark Ruffalo. Last year, they snubbed Jennifer Hudson in The Color Purple, Yep. which I know some people thought of them just going away from that star mode. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You have Mark Ruffalo. Uh, does anyone know if this is his Broadway debut? Um, not off the top of my head. I know that he's done theater before, but I don't know if he's done Broadway Well, it's before. definitely the biggest of his recent career, correct? Definitely. Yeah, he hasn't been certainly in a while. Um, okay, so. Yeah. I don't know. The price also got mixed reviews. I know yeah. Danny DeVito had a lot of attention. We could talk about him later. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh. I don't know. I think that final slot is between Ruffalo and uh, Gideon. Well, I don't know if the final slot is between the two of them. I would just, I didn't think Ruffalo was very good, so he was the one that I would take out. The one who's probably most in danger of that five is Dennis Arndt, because Heisenberg uh, closed a long time ago. It was a limited run. It was a two-person play with him and Mary Louise Parker, and they were both incredible in it, but the Tony voters have often incredibly short memories. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, question for you. Yes. So looking at these people who uh, might just be on the outside of the lineup, I'm looking at people like Corey Hawkins from Six Degrees of Separation and Chris Cooper from A Doll's House Part 2. These shows just opened up this past week. Do you think they have any chance of making their way in there? Um, I think it's possible. I know just overall reviews for A Doll's House a Doll's House Part 2 were really, really strong. Um, so a lot of people who said that, you know, that might bump them up the list, particularly because they're so uh, in people's minds right now because they're gonna, it's going to be the last show that some of these people have seen. Um, so I think it's possible. But, again, I feel like this is one of the categories this year that we could see some surprises in. Absolutely. And... Uh... Too early to make predictions for winners, but do we think Kevin Klein is pretty out front here? Yeah. I would say yeah. 
And this would be his third Tony Award, uh, first in about 30 years. So Yeah, he's been away for a while. It's a Tony-winning role, it, and he's... It it was it's like the part was written for him basically, and they so. like their veterans here. We saw Frank Langella take it home last year for the father. Oh god, that yes. was so good. Which I'm so disappointed that I missed. Maybe I'll see like Same. a regional production or something. Uh, but uh, he was incredible. All right, well we'll talk winners another time. But <laughs> that seems to be the lineup, unless someone like Joe Mantello finds her way in for the Glass Menagerie. I don't see it though. That's always a possibility because everyone loves Joe Mantello, but. The production of the Glass Menagerie was divisive, and he was divisive. Although I thought he was fine, but yeah, it, uh, that probably won't happen. Could, All right, but well, I guess not. we'll just leave it at that for now in this category, yeah. and move on to best leading actress in a play. Here we have, uh, as the consensus predictions, Laurie Metcalf in, in a Doll's House Part Two. Alice and Janney in Six Degrees of Separation, Kate Blanchett in The Present, Sally Field in The Glass Menagerie, and Laura Linney in The Little Foxes. Thoughts? That's exactly what I had down, actually. Um, yeah, that's pretty close to what I have. Um, my one thing is that I think that Jennifer Ely will probably get in for Oslo. And she's my number six. I just don't... I'm not entirely sure which of those five she's going to bump out. I I think Lori Metcalf... I could see her bumping out Sally Field. Well, so I could see her bumping out Sally Field or Kate Blanchett. The present closed a while ago. And um, it was divisive. Whereas, even though the Glass Menagerie was divisive, Sally, it's currently still running. True. Um, and, I mean, they're both beloved actresses, but Sally Field has done a lot on Broadway. So, it's, it's tough to say. So, I actually had Jennifer Ely in this lineup until yesterday, when we got the announcement that Laura Linney and Cynthia Nixon are splitting. Yeah. One will be lead and one will be supporting. Laura Linney will obviously be in lead. And the reason I didn't have either of them in there was because I didn't think they would be able to choose between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So that sort of gave a bump to Ely. But now that they're separated and Laura Linney has these rave reviews for both parts, it's not like she's getting raves for playing one character in The Little Foxes and not the other. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, uh, Cynthia Nixon and Laura Linney are splitting the roles playing different characters at different performances. So I think now that we have it split... Laura Linney gets that advantage, and Jennifer Ely might suffer because she's not as big of a name. But if yeah. they decide to go with performance over name, yeah, definitely someone like Kate Blanchett or Sally Field could uh, be on the outside. It's yeah. a tough call. It is. It is very tough. Then you said Heisenberg clothes, so Mary yeah. Louise Parker maybe could have had a shot, but not I mean, as you much can, now. You can. You should never count out Mary Louise Parker at the Tonys because <laughs> they love her. But um, yeah, the fact that it closed so long ago is probably not bode well for her getting a nomination, even though she was tremendous in it. Okay, and nothing for Diane Lane in the Cherry Orchard, <laughs> which makes me so sad. <laughs> or Janet McTeer and uh. You gotta help me with the name here. I know dangerous liaisons, but yeah, dangerous Le liaisons. liaisons. Someone say it Le for me. Liaison dangereuse. We're gonna <laughs> leave that to you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, that, that was another one where she was great. She and Lee Schreiber were both great, but it, the production was a bit divisive. Yeah, that sort of came and went. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that seems to be our lineup here. Unless we have some big shocker on Tony Morning with no Cape Blanchett, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, supporting actor in a play. We have Nathan Lane in the front page, Danny DeVito in The Price, Anthony Azizi in Oslo, Will Pullen in Sweat, and this one I'm going to say is my Dark Horse prediction. Not a lot of people have him predicted, but I'm going to throw him in here. Michael McKeon and the Little Foxes. Hmm. Interesting. So the reasoning for putting him there came from reading reviews, which came out last week. 
And as much as people were raving about uh, Laura Linney and Cynthia Nixon, he got a lot of raves too. He's playing, uh, I'm not familiar with the Little Foxes as much as I should be, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, isn't he like a plantation owner or the head of this family? Uh, yes, he's the head of the family, I think. Yeah, and he's just this evil guy, apparently. And Michael McKean is such a great actor, whether it's in film or Better Call Saul on television. I know, I believe he was in Hairspray even as Edna many years ago. (laughs) Mm. So uh, he's great. I know a lot of people love him. And he would bump out people like Tony Shalhoub in The Price and Michael Aronov in Oslo. Mm -hmm. So what do we think? Is there a chance he can make it in or is this just wishful thinking on my part? I mean, there's absolutely a chance that he makes it in. It just opened. He is Michael McKeon. Everyone loves him. The problem is that there are a lot of these large ensemble shows this season, like The Front Page and Oslo and Sweat, where it's tough to know who is going to stand out to voters. I mean, it's possible that no one does and they all end up splitting, or it's possible that they all really rally behind one particular person. And it's it's tough to know. It's possible that none of the Oslo men get in. Uh, it's possible that we see someone like John Douglas Thompson in Jitney, who he's not a big name outside of New York, but in New York, John Douglas Thompson is a very, very big deal. Um, and then there are you know bigger names like John Goodman in the front page, who got good reviews, and Reg Rogers yeah. in Present Laughter. Um, and then there's things like um, the play that goes wrong, where they have four people that they could choose from if they really love that play, which, you know, I don't know that why they wouldn't. <laughs> um, and you could see any of them getting in. It's it's tough. It's really For hard. For me, the only two spots that are decided at this point feel like Danny DeVito and Nathan Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know Nathan Lane, when the front page opened in October... He was getting these rave reviews for coming in in, uh, is it a three-act play? Yes. Okay, so he comes in towards the end of the second act, right? Did anyone see it? Oh. I haven't gotten to see it yet. I didn't get to see it either. Okay, well, I remember reading he comes in very late in the play Mm -hmm. and just dominates it from there. He was the reason that a lot of people went to go see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was what I heard. Plus, he's Nathan Lane. How many Tonys does he have now? Oh, God. A ton. I think so. It doesn't even matter. It's just he has a ton of Tonys. He's yeah. just Nathan Lane. Yeah. He's Nathan I mean, the Lane. producers, yeah. he won over Matthew Broderick there. People love him. And didn't he just win for the Nance four or five years ago? I don't think he won. He was nominated, I know. but Okay, but he was definitely he in won. there. Yeah. And so there's no reason to think yeah. he won't make this lineup. He might even win it all. But then there's Danny DeVito, who I know you, Dan, you were telling me that... Uh, People love him a lot. And he's the total standout in The Price. He's the standout character. He walks away with the show. He just steals every scene he's in. And this is his Broadway debut. Yes. So, hmm, that might be a tough call. We could talk about that later on in the (laughs) season. But what about the other guys? Anthony Azizi, Will Pullen? I mean, I'm seeing Oslo next week. Um, And I don't really recall from the reviews if that they all singled out the same people. Um, and I haven't seen Sweat yet, so I can't really say, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, well... It, it's hard to say with these big ensemble shows. Nothing seems to be, like, glaring as an error here. Mm, no, or, not too much. No. Okay. Well... That'll be cleared up on Tuesday, hopefully. <laughs> and we'll see if the Michael McKeon prediction, for me at least, pays off. You two might be smarter than I am there. <laughs> uh, supporting actress in a play, we have Johanna Day in Sweat, the legendary Barbara Barry in Significant Other, last year's winner Jane Hudichel in A Doll's House Part 2, Christine Nielsen in Present Laughter, and Allison Wright in Sweat. Mm. And there are some people left out here, including Cynthia Nixon in The Little Foxes, Mm. which pains me to leave her off the list. It really does, but I don't know how to do this. Someone help, because this is tough. 
I think Cynthia Nixon will get in. Um, it's getting tremendous reviews. People are going to see it because of the things that they're doing with the casting. And even though she's nominated in Featured Actress, which means she's specifically being considered for only one of the two roles she plays, people are going to take into consideration both performances, especially if they see both. Mm. So I think she's going to get in. Um, and I think she'll get in over Allison Wright as much as I love her. Um, yeah, I added her at the last minute because Sweat got really good reviews. Mm-hmm. It won the Pulitzer. Right. And she is just coming off of a role on FX's show Feud Betty and Joan, yes. which was not a leading role, but every time she was on screen, boy, was she terrific. Yeah. She was playing Pauline, one of the assistants on Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and she worked for the director Robert Aldridge. So. Between that and also The Americans, which is also on FX, yep. people yeah. might know who she is. Not enough to be like a Cape Lanchette, Sally Field star, but people say, oh, I know you. You're from that show that I watch. Yeah. So I could see it happening either way. That's why I have her in the last slot. What about Christine Nielsen in Present Laughter? Um, I haven't seen this version of Present Laughter yet. Um, oh, present so, laughter. Did I keep yeah. saying it present laughter? <laughs> Oy. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this version of it, but I've seen it before. And any one of the featured actresses can walk away with the show. Um, I think she has been the one who's sort of been stealing the reviews. So it wouldn't surprise me if she's the one who they choose to represent the show in this what category. About, but so one, you think it'll be her over Kate Burton? I, I think it could be, although if it was Kate Burton, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Uh, was she in uh, Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike a few years Christine ago? Christine Nielsen was, yeah. yeah. They like I saw Christine that on Broadway. Nielsen. I made it up to see that show, which was very funny. I enjoyed it yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, it's a great show, and she was great in it. And I think she won that year, actually. Um, I remember that one best play. I my memory can't serves. recall if yeah. she won the award itself, but a uh, mm-hmm. really funny play. Yeah, really, really funny play. And Prison Laughter is hilarious as well. And I have no doubt that she's great in it, but I haven't yeah. seen it yet personally. The one who I wouldn't count out who you didn't mention is Condola Rashad in That's Adele's House Part Two. Well. Because she is like, she's young, but she has the Broadway bona fides and they really like her. And the reviews have been very kind to her. So I wouldn't count her out completely, but I would still put Cynthia Nixon over her. Okay. Uh, Nicole, have you seen The Humans? Did you see that last season? I didn't get to, actually. Oh, it was so good. You know what? I was going to see it when I was in New York back in October, and I went to the Rush line. This is just a a last-minute thing. Mm -hmm. The Rush line was always crazy. They were sold out for The Humans, which shocked me, because plays never sell out in the Rush lines. (laughs) Yeah. So I knew this must be something good. It's actually coming to a local theater here in Philadelphia. See it. Which I know won't be the same, but I'm going to get my tickets right when they go on sale. Definitely. Uh, Anyway, the the reason I mention it is because of Jane Houdichel, who won the Tony last year for that. I saw her in Fish in the Dark a few years ago, the Larry David play. Uh, I also saw her in Wicked a few years ago. Yeah. So she has roots in this industry. I think she's definitely going to get a nomination. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves Jane Houdichel, Yeah, and she's yeah. great. I mean, look, she popped up when I was watching The Good Fight a few weeks ago. She's in everything, film, television, <laughs> New York. Yeah. She lives for that culture, apparently. Yeah. And again, Doll's House Part 2 got such great reviews that I really think it's going to do well in nominations overall. Okay, yeah. so she's good to have in there. And as I introduced her before, the legendary Barbara Barry <laughs> for Significant yes. Other. Uh, everyone feel good about her? Definitely. Yeah, and mostly because of the name. <laughs> That's what they have to do the yeah. nomination on Tuesday. The yeah. legendary Barbara Barry. Yeah. <laughs> so, very good. That seems to be it. Aside from Cynthia Nixon, who we'll see. Stay tuned for that. Yes. Okay, next up we have one of the bigger categories, Best Revival of a Play. And I think we could only do four nominations here. That's what they determined, or at least what Gold Derby is telling me. So uh, does anyone know if that's true, or will we not know until Tuesday? I think that's true. I think I can't remember if this is one of the categories where, because I know for some of them, if you're within 
if there's uh, a fifth one that's within, I think it's three votes, um, they'll add oh, a fifth yeah. category on. All right, well, let's just leave it at four. We could talk about some of the other shows in contention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the four predictions, we have uh, from August Wilson, Jitney. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some talk of that that might go into best play, but it's in revival. Uh, Six Degrees of Separation, The Little Foxes, and The Glass Menagerie. Which, looking at that now, I might want to take out The Glass Menagerie and put in Prison Laughter. What do we think? Yes, I've also seen some people predicting um, front page for the fourth nomination. Yeah, because that had Um, such a big cast, it was a box office hit. Exactly. Glass Menagerie was just, again, so divisive that it's hard to say at this point. You know what, I'm going to take that out, I think, and put back uh, Present Laughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I... I know the director Sam Gold for of the director of the Glass Menagerie is very hot right now. A lot of people really love him, and he did Fun so, Home, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's quite possible that that stays based on him and Sally Field and you know the name of the play. But if there is one that knocks it out, I would say it's Present Laughter. It rides on Kevin Klein. It just opened. It's an old coward. It's very funny. Um, so if there is going to be a change in that lineup, that's what I think it would be. Yeah, Present I think those first three, though, are locked in. Mm-hmm. So the weird thing about Present Laughter is that it seemed to get pretty good reviews, except for the New York Times, which seemed to be mixed on it, aside from Kevin Klein. So yeah. I don't know. It's not like the kiss of death or anything like that. It not for Tony nominations. It may no. be for a box office. Probably not with someone like Kevin Klein, but for True. Tony nominations, not necessarily. It's not yeah. the kiss of death. Well, I'll tell you, if I was able to go up to New York today, <laughs> and I hope to be up there soon to see some of these shows, uh, Present Laughter would be toward the top of my list, oh, just because yeah. I love Kevin <laughs> Klein. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone like me and will be replicated in the Tony voter. They'll like it for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh We'll see. What about uh, the price? Do we think that stands a chance or not really? I just don't think so. It could because it's Arthur Miller and the starry cast, but honestly, And he I just was... won last year one of his shows, View from the Bridge. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was sort of underwhelmed by it. I left thinking, well, that's why no one really does that show a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I guess those four seem to be the consensus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last category for the plays, we have best play. Again, four predictions apparently, but we could talk about the rest. Uh, and I'm going to leave a big one off here, and we could see if that's the right move <laughs> or the wrong move. Okay. I'm predicting. Tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Sweat, Oslo, A Doll's House Part Two, and Indecent, leaving off the play that goes wrong. This, it's definitely going to be four, not five this year. That's what I heard. Okay. Unless I'm getting wrong information, I believe it's four. I think if there was a fifth spot, it would go to the play that goes wrong. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I did, the only reason I have it off is because it might be four. If it's yeah. five, you absolutely get in there. I think Sweat's definitely getting in there because once you get the Pulitzer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely at least you're getting a nomination for a Tony. Yeah. And Oslo uh-huh. as well, that has gotten stellar reviews ever since yeah. it premiered. And of course, Adal's House Part 2, which just opened, as we said. Yeah. yeah. Indecent is the one that we didn't talk about a lot in these acting categories, but every review I read of it, they love it. They say it's an experimental piece of art about the theater. Yeah. Yeah, I've yet to see it really criticized, to be honest. Yeah. It's, so. it's really good. Now, what's that about? Isn't it a Jewish-themed play? Yeah, it's in the... Um, it takes place, God, in the uh, 30s or 40s, I want to say. Um, and it's written by Paula Vogel, who it's um, kind of like with Christopher Durang a few years back for Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. It, she's a very big off-Broadway success as a playwright, and this is her first um, big Broadway play. Um it's really, really good. It's yeah. really good, but I, just, I, mm, 
it pains me because you love the play that goes the wrong. The play that goes wrong is my yep. favorite thing that I have seen on Broadway in years. Not even exaggerating. Um, and, uh, but it's so it, either any of these five, and or um, or even six, if we're counting significant other in the mix, because I think that could break through. Um, it, it it will break my heart because they're all really really good. Yeah, I think in another year, uh, any of these would have been a shoe in to win. For a spot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one I was thinking about a while back, but I've been talked off this ledge, is Oh Hello with Nick Roll and John Mulaney. Mm. Yeah. This seemed to be the big hit about a year ago. Everyone was talking, oh my God, it's the funniest thing. You got to see these two comedians dressed up as old Jewish men. It's the funniest thing you'll see. And then it closed and people stopped talking about it. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. And again, it's tough to say how it translate to the Tonys because I think that's one of the shows that is a big deal within the bubble of the internet and Twitter, but not necessarily so in the larger world of Broadway. And and all the things that I heard about it were quite good, but will Tony voters have seen it and appreciated it? I, it's tough to say. But I think the fact that it closed quite a while ago and we yeah. have all these powerhouses that are currently open, I think it's not going to factor in at all. All right. Well, people will just have the memory, I guess, of taking <laughs> selfies with Kroll and Mulaney afterwards. Yeah. yeah. As I seem to look at every single day last year on Twitter, <laughs> you couldn't go a day without seeing someone going, oh my God, I saw Oh Hello was the best thing. Yeah. But I think it was largely riding on the two of them. Yeah. All right. Well, that covers all the plays. Uh, did I miss anything? Is there any glaring error here? Or we seem to have covered so. it. No, we've covered everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess this means we get to go to the flashier categories now, <laughs> <clears throat> which is uh, everything to do with musicals. The musicals. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that bring in all the money and get to keep this industry going. Yes. <laughs> so I guess we should just do it the same order in terms of actors, then revival, then musical. So... Uh, Shall we start? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, best actor in a musical. We have Ben Platt in Dear Evan Hansen, Andy Carl in Groundhog Day, David Hyde Pierce in Hello, Dolly, Josh Groban in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, and Christian Borle in something we're not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> it'll be either Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Falsettos because he has two shows in contention this year. I'm going to just go out and say falsettos because Charlie and the Chocolate Factory did not get good reviews. What do you think? I think that that's pretty much right. Um, The one person that I would, that I will be sad about if they miss is John John Briones in Miss Saigon. That's exactly what I was going to say. And Um, again, he's my number six. nomination for the role um, in London. Yeah. Uh, I've also seen a few people though saying that they think that Corey Cott could get in there with a nomination for the bandstand, Uh, which I haven't seen it yet, but, um, I, the reviews for him particularly were really quite good. I, I, that was one issue where I kind of disagreed with a lot of the reviews for bandstand. I thought he was very good, but I, I didn't love him the way some of them did. The only way I could see him getting in is maybe if people are divided between uh, Christian Borel roles. Yeah, if he splits. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. And if, especially if they really love Bandstand and just vote for it down the line, which I could see happening. The one that will break my heart is if John John doesn't get his nomination for playing the engineer. (laughs) I actually saw Miss Saigon, sort of. I saw the. (laughs) Broadcast in the movie theaters yeah, of the on. London production, yeah. which is apparently the same thing that's playing on Broadway now. Basically. So I saw it, just not live. <laughs> and John John is terrific. I've seen John John three times in the role. I saw, him saw twice it three in times. London wow. Once, um, uh, last March, or wow, this past March on Broadway. And every time he just steals every scene that he's in. Yeah. Um, he got a standing ovation whenever I saw it last month uh, after American Dream. 
he just seems born to play this role. Yeah, yeah. and it's a huge role. I think Jonathan Price won the Tony for it. He did with a lot of controversy. Yeah, and making yeah. it's making a lot of headlines now because it's back to being you know racially appropriate. And yeah. I would love to see John John get uh, an award for it because he was actually in the original company in the ensemble. Oh, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah so that's another thing. It's hmm. a big story. But well, you know what. Will Christian Borrell fall out for falsettos, or is he too much of a thing? They love could... him. They gave him a Tony for a Nothing not hard and very something good rotten. performance last year. Um, yeah. When they had a better performance in the same show that they could have awarded instead. And he was... I mean, everything about falsettos was incredible, but he in particular was amazing. At, at the end of the show, I'm like leaving. I'm walking down the stairs from the mezzanine, like crying, going like, "Well, he just won his third Tony." <laughs> My only worry would be because reviews on uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory were so bad that people might just steer away from him overall. I don't think they'd steer away from him overall. I think I there was a lot of love I think for he, falsettos. You know, it felt like he had earned a spot with mm-hmm. falsettos. It, it was very strange because he was on a Stephen Colbert show a few weeks ago giving an interview. And this is right before Charlie. I don't know if he was trying to do some form of the Wonka character or if this was just him. Maybe he was having a bad day. <laughs> Did he just give a really weird interview? I don't know if either of you saw it. No, I didn't. But he had this shaved head, which I guess is for the role, yeah, maybe. Yeah, for the role. Yeah. And... He just came out, and it just didn't mesh well with what Colbert was asking. He was talking about a scar that he had on the back of his head mm-hmm. now that it was shaved. It was just bizarre. Hmm. So, I, mean, I don't know that. I just It was interesting because everyone was predicting um, for him to get a nomination for Charlie in The Chocolate Factory, and then it opened and reviews came out, and he dropped down that list for that. Well, it's interesting. Like The reviews for Charlie and The Chocolate Factory haven't been very good but they've mostly been good for him. But doesn't he still have the stench of that now that he's with this show that most people don't like? I don't know. Sort of like Finding Neverland. I mean, I don't know. Uh, of friends that I know that have seen Charlie on the Chocolate Factory, they've all really liked it. So it's tough to say if how Tony voters are going to respond, I think. I had a friend who was there last night uh, seeing it, and she said she loved Act 1. Act 2 is where it kind of goes a bit... Uh, wonky um if you will but she said he was still great yeah watch he'll get two nominations still <laughs> and we'll be like what the Surprise heck happened all. <laughs> wouldn't put it past him so uh all right we'll keep an eye out for john john who was terrific in miss saigon absolutely he got a standing ovation in the movie theater which is bizarre yeah, yeah. and apparently there are a ton of miss saigon fans out there i know you apparently love it nicole and oh, it's uh, my favorite show well you know i liked it it just uh I don't know that I would put it among my personal favorites, but I love the American (laughs) dream, uh, especially everything in the first act. It's always interesting to me as well to see how they um, decide who's going to be eligible for uh, the acting awards in that show. Because, you know, you you have two male leads, really, but the engineer is always the one who gets the eligibility. Yeah. And even though it's not a total lead role, he just dominates the stage whenever he's on it. You can't stop thinking about him. You know, when I saw this movie theater version at the end, it was like the anniversary concert. Yes. So they brought out Cameron McIntosh and uh, Jonathan Price at the end. Yeah. And then Jonathan Price sang The American Dream. It felt like they were going to sing it all night. Like, this was already a three-hour show. Then they do 25 minutes afterwards of <laughs> stuff. I thought I was never going to leave the screening. <laughs> and it was a sold-out show. I actually had to drive over to Delaware to see it. Wow. Wow. And, uh, which is only like... 15, 20 minutes from where oh, I am okay. in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't exactly yet. the audience that you would see, like, going to Broadway necessarily. Like, you know, you have the Philadelphia Broadway community in Center City here. So this is a little yeah. removed from that. But they were going crazy when Jonathan Price came out. So I'm thinking yeah. to myself, there must really be the Miss Saigon contingent here. Like, this is... Yeah, it it's interesting. Didn't occur to more me. And I keep on hearing more and more people like, oh my God, I love Miss Saigon. It's my yeah. favorite show. And I'm like, really? I think it's also that it was one of those big shows, you know, back whenever it came out mm-hmm. that had a thing about it. Like, Phantom of the yeah. Opera had, oh, you got to go see the chandelier. And Miss yeah. Saigon has the helicopter. Yes, it's true. Or King and I, which I saw a few weeks ago, uh, the Lincoln Center revival was on tour. The yeah. boat that the comes boat. out in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess. Uh, 
Modes of transportation are the new set piece that everyone's flying <laughs> towards. <laughs> All right, so John, John, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, before we move on, I know we're spending a lot of time here, but we just got to talk about Josh Groban really quickly. Oh, yep. And yeah, I think he could fall out for John, John if it's not Christian Borley. Um, yeah. Because, and he, here's why. It's not that he's not great in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, but it is barely a lead role. <laughs> he has, I think, two songs all to himself. Although he does spend a lot of time playing piano as well. Yes, and he is sort of on, he's on stage for nearly the whole show. Yeah. But he's mostly not doing much. He, and he, he's great in it, but I think people may see it and not be that motivated to actually vote for him. To be honest, in a, in, in a normal year when there were, you know, so many great performances, I would love to give him the award just for his performance of Dust and Ashes in the show. Oh, but, yeah. Which is just Tremendous, phenomenal. yeah. Um, but it's just hard to say with the people that we have mm-hmm. in this category. Yeah. All right, so... I guess just the show itself can leave him in there for now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Hyde Pierce gets to wear that hideous wig in Hello, Dolly. <laughs> and people say he's great. I saw him again in uh, Vanya, Sonia, Masha, and Spike. Mm-hmm. And he's just someone who's always fantastic, going all the way back yeah. to Frasier on TV. So we love some David Hyde Pierce. Andy Carl, of course, had that injury. And I hear he's yeah. going aside from that, too. <laughs> Yeah, he's so now he's not doing matinees. So pity anyone who has matinee oh, tickets to see Groundhog Day. Mm. Is that because of the injury? Or yeah, was that's that because always... of the injury. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know it affected everything going yeah. forward. Yep. Oh. Hmm. But I mean, like that is like he wins like the Trooper of the Year award. <laughs> maybe <he'll, laughs> I mean, you know everyone has Ben Platt winning, obviously, oh, through yeah. Dear Evan Hansen. But I maybe think uh, Andy Carl could win. Maybe Andy Carl will show up with crutches or something. I think he'll win. <laughs> <laughs> I think before all bring of him that up in a wheelchair or something. Plot was sure to mm-hmm. win, but he's got some competition now. Hmm. All right. Well, we spent a lot of time on that category, but I'm glad <laughs> we did because there's some action going on there. On to best actress in a musical, which I don't even think they need to have nominees this year. They could just give it <laughs> to Bet. Yes. But take the Tony Betty. <laughs> they still do have nominees, and we have to discuss them if we're going to do well on our little Tony pool here. <laughs> Yeah. So I'll say uh, the runners-up are <laughs> Christine Ebersole in War Paint, Patti Lapone in War Paint, <laughs> Philippa Sue in Amelie, and Denis Benton in Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. What do we think? My one change there, and this is partially wishful thinking on my part, um, <laughs> is to switch out Eva Noblezada in Miss Saigon for Philippa Sue. She's terrific in Miss Saigon. She's incredible. It baffles my mind that she's younger than I am. Um, How old is she? She's 21. She just turned 21, uh, I think, last month. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought she was, like, in her mid-20s or something. No, she had a fabulous run in London in the role of Kim right after high school. Um, And then has come to Broadway with it now. And her Kim is just something out of this world, honestly. One of the fiercest performances I've ever seen, and I would love to see her get some recognition for it because she got uh, overlooked for the Olivier Award whenever she was in London with it. But I think, you know, you definitely are right on with Patti Lupone and Christine Ebersole and Danae Benton. So, so you know, hmm. I would trade out Philippa Sue for Laura Osnes in Bandstand. Another yeah. one I would love so to see. So Philippa <laughs> Sue, uh, I read her in the fourth place, but she's probably in the fifth place here. She still has that Hamilton appeal attached to her, I think. And yeah. even though Amelie was not a success, apparently, or it's probably a box office success, but with the critics, it didn't do too well. It's not good. But she managed a lead nomination for Hamilton last year. Yep. Yes. She did. Although, mm. you know, then there are people like Laura Osnes has quite a name to write off of as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has she Cinderella. Does. I don't think... Did, I don't think she's gotten a Tony nomination yet, has she? Wasn't she nominated for Cinderella, or was she not? I thought oh, wait, no, yes, she might have been nominated for Cinderella. Yeah. She, all right. But she hasn't won yet, so we could be in kind of like a Jesse Mueller. Um, yeah, that's exactly Kelly what I thought of when I saw Bandstand. Situation. I mean, she's, she actually, she was nominated um, 
I just looked it up. She was also, I thought she was nominated for Bonnie and Clyde as well. Oh my God, I forgot that existed. Yeah, and then was nominated again for Cinderella. Yeah, so they love her, and clearly. How could you not? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's really good in bandstand. <laughs> I, yeah. And I, 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 I mean, I'm quite enamored of the show, but um, the review in the Times was not strangely unkind. Yeah. I did not understand that review at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think she was incredible and I would put her in the fifth place, especially since bandstand just opened. Philippa Sue is lovely in Amelie and she has a voice. She has a gorgeous, gorgeous voice, but that's all the role is right. Just, Lovely and chirpy and peppy. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's just like the music in that show is so not memorable. Mm-hmm. And I, I would, if she gets a nomination, it wouldn't be entirely undeserved, but it would be because, like, if she gets the nomination, then she is a bona fide Broadway star now. Now, I saw a couple of things suggesting that, uh, and I'm not sure if I'm saying her last name right, but Christy Altamar. Yeah, um, could swing a nomination for Anastasia. Mm-hmm. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I I haven't even really seen the reviews for Anastasia. Actually, they were very weirdly mixed. Mm. Um, but everything praising her. Then she could. I mean, especially if people see it. But yeah. that's, I think, the thing. I wonder if people will actually see it, or they'll be like, "No, that's you know." Yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of nostalgia with it. Yeah. It's tough to say if people will see it enough to give it, give her a nomination. Hmm. So, Anastasia, maybe not. Amelie, we'll see. And, uh, you know, I'm still surprised at what you said about Eva Noblezada from Miss Saigon about how young she was. I just can't believe that now. She's so young, <laughs> so talented at that age. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, like we said, it doesn't really matter because Beth's going to take it all, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the, uh, especially Danae or Eva or Laura would love to be able to at least say they were nominated for mm-hmm. one. What if it's like something with La La Land at the Oscars, which uses the preferential ballot, so it's not exactly the same, but everyone <laughs> thinks that it's so safe and then Bet ends up losing? Could you imagine? I can't imagine, actually. <laughs> I feel like even if that happened, though, it would go to Patty Lupone, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It could be because she's Patty Lupone. Exactly. But it's not going to happen, so. Let's not even think no. more about that. Let's not jinx it. All right. <laughs> Supporting actor in a musical. We have, and this seems pretty clear cut. I don't think we're going to have much differ about here. But either way, it's Andrew Reynolds in Falsettos. Mm-hmm. Will Rowland in Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. Nick Cordero in A Bronx Tale. Gavin Creel in Hello, Dolly. And Michael Xavier in Sunset Boulevard. That's what I had. The only thing is that I would recreate, replace... One of those last three people with Lucas Steele and Natasha Pierre on The Great Comet of 1812. So what's his role life? Because I did read about The Great Comet. I know who the characters are. Who does he play? He plays Anatole. Okay, so he's the one who's in the middle of this love triangle towards the end. Oh, yes. Yeah, he is the the hot, dashing soldier. <laughs> Anatole is hot. Yeah. <laughs> Anatole is hot. That's, that's, that's um, literally a lyric from the show. Literally, his introduction in the beginning is, Anatole is hot. But he has this some crazy huge, in it. show-stopping moment yeah. in the middle of the show that like gets applause. And he plays the violin in it as well. Yeah. And I can very easily see him getting in there, especially if they love the show. So you think over Nick Cordero from Bronx Tale? Um, him or Michael mom. Xavier. Okay, but Gavin yeah. Creel seems to be in there, you think? Oh, yeah. He's great. I saw him in uh, She Loves Me last year, which, first of all, i got to always give a shout-out to She Loves Me because that oh, was a terrific show. I love show. that show. I saw that four times last summer. I love that show so I would have gone up to see it again. I almost stayed yeah. if I had the time. I would have gone to see the evening show after the matinee. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic in that. One of the most delightful shows I've ever seen. Yeah. And I actually met him at the stage door. I was just walking past and saw everyone lined up. I'm like, what's going on <laughs> yeah. here? And I'm just like, oh, it's Gavin Creel and Zachary Levi. And yeah, uh, they couldn't have been nicer. So funny at that stage door. Yeah. I had a great chat with Gavin Creel at that stage door one time about the uh, Eloise at Christmas time movie that he was oh in God. whenever he was quite young. 
<laughs> what um, show was that? He, it was this like made-for-TV movie with him and Julie Andrews. No, I remember um, the Eloise, but uh, what yeah. show was he at? Oh, for uh, She Loves Me, whenever I was there. One of the oh, you told for She Loves Me, okay. Yeah, I had a great chat with him about it. Um, but yeah, he's, he seems to always be a, a crowd favorite and a, you know, just a favorite in the Broadway community. So Yeah. Even if it's probably going to Andrew Rannells, would love to see him get the nomination. Yes, Andrew Rannells, I think, is going to win this very easily. Yeah. Because he's been around for a while. He had the Book of Mormon. Yeah. He just had a terrific season of HBO's Girls, which just ended, in which he had an episode almost all to himself. Yeah. I think about he's going to take making, this. About getting cast in a Broadway show. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, Nicole, you are familiar with Dear Evan Hansen, right? Yes. You haven't seen it, though, correct? I haven't seen it, but, okay. you know, like most people have been listening to it. So we're on the same page here of listening to the cast album, probably, yeah. and reading synopsis. Yeah. So Will Rowland has a pretty good part in the show. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, the funny, goofy sidekick. Yeah. But we don't think that's enough for a win? I'm just afraid that it's not against some of these other people. Yeah. I, um, you know, he, he's great, but... I also would rather see Lucas Steele get it. Okay. Because well, I think what he does is more, uh, more impressive, yes. more, uh, more worthy of the nomination. Lucas Steele seems to be the only one who can make a case. What about yeah. uh, the men from War Paint, Douglas Sills and John Dossett? Are they just... I just they're big don't names. see them as contenders. They're big names, um, but everything about War Paint has been about Christine and Patty. Yeah. And okay. I don't think that many people will walk away from more paint saying, you know, that Douglas Sills, he should, yeah. he should be getting that Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're going to leave it there. Maybe Lucas Steele. We'll see on Tuesday. Yes. And now Best Supporting Actress in a Musical. A little bit of movement here, which is nice. Yeah. We have Stephanie J. Block in Falsettos. Jen Colella, I think it's pronounced, from Come From Away. Kate Baldwin in Hello, Dolly. Britton Ashford in Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. Yes. And this one was really tough because it's between two actresses from Dear Evan Hansen. Mm-hmm. I have Jennifer Lara Thompson over Rachel Bay Jones. Yeah, and I'm really split on that. They're both good parts. It's uh, Evan Hansen's mother versus his alternate mother in this show. <laughs> and just... From what I know about the album itself and the synopsis, I think his actual mother, played by uh, Jennifer Laura Thompson, has that bigger part. Doesn't she have a solo in the show? Yes, I think in the second act. Yeah. So that's always helpful. Is Rachel Bay Jones someone who has a history in Broadway, or is she just coming on with this show? I don't know. Like, does she have any nominations to her name? I don't recognize the name. I don't uh, either. I mean, obviously, before Dear Evan Hansen, I wouldn't have known the name. Um, oh, she. I just looked it up, and she was in Pippin. Um, okay. In the, the, oh, the revival. revival. Oh, who'd she play? Yeah. Was she uh, the girlfriend yeah. towards the end? Oh, yeah, she played Catherine. Yeah. Okay. So she's the one who sings, uh, you know, uh, the one from the farm. That yeah. 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 Yeah, that's her. All right. Uh, maybe. We'll see. I think it's really a toss-up here. So I have two people on my list who you don't. Okay, <laughs> let's hear it. Or, well, yeah. So the first one is the longest shot, and that is Beth Leval in Bandstand. I don't even have her on my long list. So well. she is yeah. another one who, like, it's a very, very small part, but she gets the big show-stopping number, and it's, like, her and a spotlight and she's amazing. And she's Beth Lebel. She is a Tony-winning actress, and everyone loves her. But the the part may be too small, but she again, she has yeah. this big, giant moment, and people will leave the show talking about her. And the other, another legend, Miss Jackie Hoffman. Yes, in I was going to mention Factory, her. Who has been the only person consistently getting amazing reviews from that show. True. <laughs> She is fantastic in almost everything she does. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Hairspray 15 years ago. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. Riding high off feud still. Yes, Mamacita. Oh, my God. If I gave out uh, Tony Awards, I also probably would give a nomination to Amber Gray uh, for Natasha Pierre in the Great Comics. She plays Helen and has a show-stopping number in there. Um, 
charmante, but I just don't know that she can pull it out against. Yeah, uh, and I don't even know like as much as I love Britain Ashford. I don't know as much if she's even going to get in for Natasha Pierre. I'm worried about it. I would love to see her get it. I think you know her performance is absolutely so good. Yeah, yeah. So back to Jackie Hoffman for a second. Yeah, (laughs) we said that she's because I'm obsessed with her. Great on Feud as Mama Sita. I really hope she gets an Emmy nomination for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also great on the Hulu show Difficult People with Billy Eichner. Yes. She's hysterical. Yeah. Just uh, c- coming from a Jewish family myself, I just <laughs> could picture that character. I've seen yeah. her before. But uh, that's beside the point. <laughs> is she someone who is going to be well-known enough or is she only within, like, the really exclusive theater and television circles. Oh, no, absolutely. She's well-known enough to get in. Just okay. her name. Yeah. Yeah. I just worry about the, uh, the, the stigma. I don't know if that's the right word that I want to use, but around Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right now, keeping her out of that since we have so many other people who seem like they are already getting the uh, nomination. It's possible. What about this person that I saw from Cats, Eloise Krupp? Does she play Grisabella? No, um, Leona Lewis was Grisabella. Okay, yeah. so who's Eloise Krupp? Because I saw her, I saw her pop up on a few lists. Who? Who does she, was she? Jenny Any Dots? Um, I think so. Oh, maybe. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've stayed as far away from Cats as I can. Why? Why does everyone <laughs> hate this show so much? Broadway's allergic to cats. <laughs> like me. <laughs> cats is fine if you take it in small doses. I think. I really love Cats. I think it is a very underrated show. I think Cats works better as an album than a show. Yeah. I like the songs, but if I see it all together, it's like, what am I watching? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah so Eloise Krupp is playing Jenny Any Dots. Okay. Um, then I don't see it. She's sort of been making a bit of a name for herself the past few years, so she gets the big number in Cats, um, which... I'm finally seeing in a couple weeks, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know that anyone from Cats is going to be recognized for performance. It's very much an yeah. ensemble show. It's seen as a big spectacle of a thing, yes. um, and as you two have rather rudely pointed out, <laughs> it is not very well liked. <laughs> But I love it. <laughs> I think that's the thing about Cats is it has people who are big fans or it has people who hate it. And there's very few people in between. Yeah, it's true. Uh, one more person here. Crystalyn Lloyd from Dear Evan Hansen. Is she just going to lose out to uh, Thompson and Jones? Probably because they're bigger so. names and better parts. That's what it seems yeah. like. Oh, and Jennifer Simard from Hello, Dolly is also out there. But I think Kate Baldwin has a leg up on her. Yes. I agree. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what about Stephanie J. Block, who we have at the top? She's out front for everyone. I want her to win so bad. She was so brilliant in falsettos. Yeah. So brilliant. It would make me very happy if falsettos took all three of the acting trophies that it could possibly win. (laughs) Make me very, very happy. And then we'll all see it on PBS later this year, which will be fantastic. Wait. Yes, block off the time and watch it because it's amazing. Uh, assuming that there's still funding for PBS by <laughs> oh God, please. Fingers crossed. Oh. <laughs> all right. Best musical revival. I think we could all say this together. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. Yep. Falsettos. Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. I'm sorry, Miss Saigon. It's a good show. But I don't know that in a field of three it's going to make it. No. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. There's only three nominees here instead of four mm-hmm. from because the Because there were only five musical revivals this year, the yeah. last one being Cats. Um, <laughs> and I like that they had the cutoff there, even though it's yeah. weird sometimes. Like, when you look at Best Actress in a Musical, 1995, there were <laughs> only two nominees, and one of them was Glenn Close. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. You can't even do that to the other nominee. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's those three. Does anyone disagree with that? I mean, you know that I want to disagree, but... Yeah, it could be close between Miss Saigon and Sunset Boulevard, but I don't know. What if Cats got in over Sunset Boulevard and Miss Saigon? (laughs) Not going to happen. I would laugh heartily (laughs) in everyone's face who dislikes Cats if that did happen, but I don't think it's going to. 
I think if that happened, people would accuse Cameron McIntosh of trying to pull something. <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot Cameron McIntosh did Cats, so he has that and Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is he on Sunset Boulevard, too? Um, Because that's an Andrew Lloyd Webber thing. I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. Yeah, he does need another Tony. He has plenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's got a full case of them. <laughs> and finally... The big category at the end of the night here. Yep. We have Best Musical. Again, four nominees, and this seems to be pretty easy to narrow down. I think it's going to be Dear Evan Hansen, Natasha Pierre, and The Great Comet of 1812, Come From Away, and Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yep. With War Paint just missing out. The only one I see as shaky there is Groundhog Day. I don't even see that one as shaky. I mean, if one was going to change. Mm. Yeah, this is one of those where it would be really interesting. Are we sure it's not five this year? I think what I saw was five if it's close enough in voting. Which it could be, because there are like, I don't know, practically every other show that opened this season, there are like five shows vying for that fifth spot. Yeah. I mean... Amelie, Warpaint, Trying the Chocolate Factory, Anastasia, and Bandstand, and even in transit, could all make plays for that last spot. But the four, Dear Evan Hansen, Come From Away, The Great Comet, and Groundhog Day are so locked because they've gotten the combinations of great reviews and great box office, great Mm -hmm. word of mouth. And they're the only four that have all of those. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'm thinking that yeah, if it is five, maybe War Paint, but yeah, I think these four seem to be settled. Even Groundhog Day, which got that great New York Times review after the incident with Andy Carl. Yeah, uh, you know, a part of me thinks they should just make Hillary Clinton honorary Tony voter this year since she's been <laughs> to so many shows. And if that were to happen, maybe in transit gets the nomination. <laughs> but that's never going to happen. That's just maybe wishful thinking. Uh, and then Dear Evan Hansen, I guess, will win at this point. I don't Unless know. Unless Natasha Pierre comes on strong later. It could be or Come From Away. Everyone that I know who has seen Come From Away has walked away absolutely stunned by it. So they could also make a play. All right. Well, we'll have to see what happens after the nominations. But in terms of what actually makes it in, I think that's going to cover it there. Uh yeah. Any other things we want to discuss before we head out? No, I mean, we could it? really get into best book and best score of a musical if we wanted to, but... <laughs> I, uh, I would say it's exciting that next year they're bringing back the award for sound design. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. I feel yeah, there's really, that. really bad for Great Comet's Nicholas Pope. Um, oh, yes. Who is not going to get his, which I think he would have won. Easily. Um, so I do feel bad for him, but it's very exciting that they're bringing that back next year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we have Kevin Spacey hosting the show, which is a very yeah. interesting choice. Exciting. Former winner from 20-some years ago. Not what I expected, but I'm here for it. He's perfect for it, yeah. And uh, so we'll see. We're definitely going to have another episode before then where we discuss who we think is going to win. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, these nominations will be out on Tuesday morning, May 2nd. And uh, we'll see what happens in between. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for the inaugural episode of Next Best Theater. Don't forget to check out those nominations Tuesday morning. And like I said, we'll be back before the actual Tony telecast, which is on June 11th. We're going to talk about those final predictions for the winners. In the meantime, though, Nicole, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm uh, Nicole Ackman 16 on Twitter. Okay. And Dan, where can we find you on Twitter? And I am Dancing Dan on film on Twitter. <laughs> nice name. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm Michael Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Movie and on the Next Best Picture podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And you can also find us, get ready for this, on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM. We're literally everywhere. and please tell your theater loving friends that we exist because we really couldn't do this podcast without you and your support we're very excited to get started here this is going to be something lasting this season and maybe even after that we're not sure so uh tell your friends we'd love to have them and talk about all things broadway tony and theater so thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you all next time 
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.